see, following our agenda here. So could we have the roll call from the clerk, please? Member White is absent. Member King? Here. Member Iman? Present. Member Brown? Here. Member DeGasis? Here. Member Clinton? Present. Vice Chair Whalen? Here. And Chair Branch is absent. Now we'll have the, uh, after our call to order, we'll have our Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, with liberty and justice for all. So we sort of are and sort of aren't. Well, at this time, we're going to call for a public forum comment. If anyone from the public has an an, an non-agenda item relevant to the jurisdiction of the city, please come forward and be called upon. We do have reasonable time limits uh, imposed on each speaker. Do we have any speakers? Vice Chair Whalen, we do not have any speakers in person, but if there are any members of the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please use the raised hand function and I will call on you. And I do not see any speakers. Seeing none, we'll proceed with the agenda item. Uh, we have anything on our administrative item? Uh, the review of the agenda item? Yes. Are there any changes uh, to the agenda? No, there are no changes. All three items are being heard today. Thank you. I don't. Do we have minutes to approve? I don't see um, We are a little backed up with minutes. You should be getting it, uh, the, the two sets, perhaps this today's uh, at your next meeting. I do like the, appreciate the streamlining for my purposes. Thank you. All right, then. We can move to our agenda items B. Uh, the first one, B1, uh, 130 and 132 Robin Hill Road. Uh, could the clerk please read the item into the agenda? Item B1, 130 and 132, Robin Hill Road, APN 073-050-015, Robin Hill Overall Sign Plan with California Environmental Quality Act Notice of Exemption utilizing Section 15311. Case numbers 22-0003-OSP, N22-0029-DRB. Right, following that, I'd like declarations from each of the board members. Um, I have a question, I guess, for whomever wants to answer it. Does this proposal ask the Design Review Board uh, to approve uh, uh, provisions for a non-existing signage, for a non-existing business in a non-existing building. Is that correct? Well, Jonathan, I think we can get to that. All I'm asking for right now is if you've had visited the site. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Discussions. I have one visit, no ex parte. Very good. I have visited the site and had not had any outside discussions. Site visit, no ex parte. Site visit, no ex parte. Site visit, no ex parte. And from there, we have, do we have a planner who's going to present the item? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Disembodied voice. Please proceed, Mr. Lee. Good afternoon, Vice Chair Whalen and members of the board. My name is Travis Lee and I'm the planner for this project. The applicant is proposing an overall sign plan at 130 and 132 Robin Hill Road and is requesting conceptual preliminary and final review to establish the framework to allow two wall signs 
one on the south face of the building addressed as 130 Robin Hill, and one on the western face of the building addressed as 132 Robin Hill Road, and one non-illuminated monument sign. Is that, uh, if that concludes your presentation, uh, I would ask the applicant to turn on your microphone, lean into the speaker, and introduce yourself. Good afternoon, Vice Chair, members, staff, Christian Muldoon, Vogue Sign Company. And continue with your presentation. As staff pointed out, there's two proposed signs. One for a newly remodeled building at 130 um, Robin Hill. It was uh, designed by Paul Poirier, who I'm sure you guys are all familiar with. Um, and then there's also a wall sign proposed for 132. The building shown in the drawings there um, currently has not been remodeled. The client is not sure if they're going to remodel the building, but they wanted to include it um, with, the, with the sign program just in case. Um, and in addition to that, they have an existing ground sign that um, I guess is no longer conforming to the setbacks. Um, so we're going to do a new one back a little bit further. Um, the shape of it is pretty much the same. We're just going to add like a little top thing that says the, the street and then a side thing that has the address. Um, as he mentioned, it's also non-illuminated. Um, the tenants are, the text for the tenants is designed to be just flat cut aluminum metal, black, to fit within each of those little sign areas. Um, the number of the tenants is gonna, I believe, maxes out at um, eight or 10. I'm not sure. Looks like eight. And um, the colors are gonna be similar to the building, the same gray that's on the building. Um, and I think that's about it. All right, then, if we have nothing further, Mr. Iman, you had a question for staff? Yes, I do. Um, I want to be clear on this. You're, you are asking us, if I'm not mistaken, if I am, please correct me, um, to approve parameters on what is currently non-existing signage for non-existing business in a non-existing building. Is that correct? The building is existing. And the tenants... The building what? Is existing. The building is in existence, but we don't have businesses in the building. Yes, we do. Oh, you do? All right, thank you. Um, Vice Chair Whalen and um, Member King, I just want to establish um, the framework of what an o overall sign plan is. And the intent of overall sign plan is to provide provisions for signage in a multi-tenant uh, or multiple buildings on one property or, or like shopping centers where um, it can be the, the parameters of the signs, the, the font size, the sizes are established so that if tenants come in and switch out that they can meet the OSP, the overall sign plan, and not have to come back to DRB. And in, in the case of our overall sign plan regulations, they do meet all of the sign regulations, the, the normal sign regulations per our zoning code with the exception it gives a little bit more um, uh, height in monument, uh, freestanding signs, and total aggregate sign. So other than that, everything else meets our zoning code um, sign regulations. But it's, a, it's kind of a mechanism so that, you know, as tenants switch out, they don't have to come back and go through the whole review process. Thank you. Are there other questions from board members on this item? Uh, thank you for that clarification, Ms. Chang, because uh, I had a question regarding the staff report where I'm quoting, request does not include the approval of the signage proposed by the OSP. I think you elaborated on that. It's just kind of an awkwardly worded sentence out of the staff report. So this is really kind of an, it is an overall signage program. And on that point, um, Oh, there they are. Now they've popped up. That's what I was looking for. Uh, Mr. Lee, are you in control? Could you zoom in on those two signage areas so we all are very clear on what we're talking about? There's over the main door on, I believe,
believe that's 130, the blank area. And that one is illuminated. The same program allows for three types of signage. First being non-illuminated flat cutout letters. The second being facelit channel letters. And the third being halo lit channel letters. Which is part of your the overall signage. That program, is correct. Right? So they would be limited so, to those three sign types. So what we're, we should really be looking at are sort of the outlines of the signage areas, not what's portrayed on the sign. That is correct. All right. That's very helpful. Uh, any other questions? Or we'll go right to comments from board members. I'm not going to call on people. I expect you to exercise your right as board members and just jump on it. Can we um, do questions and comments together? Can we do questions? You can and do whatever together? you like. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. We're just trying to get like a. We're just trying to get an idea of what's happening here. You guys, be nice to me. Um, Are you new? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no. No, you would think. Um, so you want, there's a monument sign here already somewhere? That is, that is correct. I might have a photo of it. Um, here's what we modeled the new one off of. This is in Carpinteria. Um, here it is right now. What is, is that? Yeah, that's weird. Okay, I did not see that anywhere when I went and drove. That that's um, right at the entrance. Do you want me to hold you the hand that illustration yeah. to me, and we'll pass the rest. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're gonna keep that existing monument sign. You're just gonna move it back a little bit. N no, it has to be removed. Okay. Completely. It's very old anyway, and it's... Okay. Yeah, it seems rusty and yeah. stuff. So, uh, but in the same location? No. Um, then I guess the code has changed a little bit and it had to be set back. Help me out here, Travis. Ten yeah. feet, I think? Yeah, so you can see it. Yeah, right now it's like two feet from the sidewalk. It's like right on the sidewalk. So maybe that's it. In fact, you can see the sidewalk in the photo right here. Okay. It's right there. So it's only like... It's, now it's going to be... Back further, kind of, and there's some bushes there in front of. Yeah, you're they, keep the bushes. Everything's gonna everything's going to stay the same in terms of landscaping. Okay, and then the there is some signs on the building already. No, there are no signs on the building. No, already, but you want to put one on the front facing. Actually, it's on the south. It's facing the parking yeah. lot. Facing the parking lot, and the other one is facing the other parking lot. You can't even see the other one from the street because it's behind the other building. And you just want us to approve. The idea that there could be signs there up to eight people on each sign. That's for the monument sign. Oh, only for the monument. Not for the wall sign. For the wall sign, that is the only sign that would be allowed, is the one on the top. Okay. And then on the back building, that would be the only sign allowed. They probably won't even do the one on 130 because the building's beautiful and why mess it up? <laughs> but they want to at least allow for it, JIC. Okay. That's, that's all my questions and comments. Thank you. All right. Are there other uh, questions and or comments, please, from board members? <laughs> um, this is Member DeGasis. I think the proportions of the sign are fine. The locations are great. And the monument sign at the entry looks fine. Thank you. I, I would concur. concur. There are if there are no other questions or comments, well, I'd like a motion. And I'm going to turn to staff here because we have a new procedure. If Ms. Chang could run over that, you'll see on your agenda there's a recommendation. There's now a protocol for making a motion. Ms. Chang? That's correct. I will actually elaborate on the process of this um, at the end of our meeting under staff announcements. But for now, um, we have uh, spelled out the uh, the steps to your motion, if that's, everything's acceptable, the recommended motion is to adopt the findings and uh, adopt the CEQA uh, notice of exemption and also approve the project. So if you, whoever the motion maker wants to just read that, um, sounds like there are no changes, so that would work as a motion. And this is for conceptual, preliminary, and final. I can make the motion. Um, I move.
for item B1, 130 and 132 Robin Hill Road uh, that we um, approve for conceptual preliminary and final review um, the signage program and adopt the DRB and CEQA findings, adopt the CEQA categorical exemption section 1533-15311A for on-premise signs and approve with the conditions and the findings. I think you did that like a pro, like you'd been rehearsing it. Thank I'll you, Mr. Gasis. Do we have a second, please? I'll second. And we have a second. So uh, from here, uh, <clears throat> do we have any discussion on the motion? If not, I will ask for the clerk to give a roll call. Uh, excuse me, I don't believe uh, public comment was. Public oh, comment. yes, thanks. Let's see. Ask the clerk if there are public comments. <laughs> I missed that one. I have a script here, folks. Uh, we do not have any members of the public here in person who wish to comment. However, if there are any members on the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. And I do not see any members of the public at this time, Vice Chair Whalen. Thank you. So uh, since we are jumped, we've jumped over our questions and comments, I think I can call for a roll call vote. Yes. Um, Member White is absent. Member King? Aye. Member Iman? Aye. Member Brown? Aye. Member DeGasis? Aye. Member Clinton? Aye. Member Whalen? Yes. And Chair Branch is absent. Very good. Motion's passed. Thank you for the presentation. Staff, do I leave the plans here? Do you want to? Okay. Or do I take, okay. All right, with the conclusion of that, we can move on to our next item, 5383 Hollister Avenue. If the clerk could read the item into the record, please. Item B2, 5383 Hollister Avenue, APN 071-140-074, UCLA Health Signage with Categorical, categorical Exemption under State CEQA Guidelines, Section 15311. Case numbers 22-0106-ZC and 22-0037-DRB. Very good. I'd like to ask the board member for their declarations. No visitation. No visitation, no ex parte. I have visited the site and had no ex parte discussions. Site visit, no ex parte. A site visit, no ex parte. Site visit and no ex parte. Site visit, no ex parte. And with that, uh, I think we can call for Ms. McGuire to give a presentation. She's back there. She's back there. Thank you, Vice Chair Whalen and members of the board. Uh, allow me to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, the project before you today is for two new signs located at 5383 Hollister Avenue. This, the, this location is in an, an approved overall sign plan for the Santa Barbara Corporate Center. And the two signs that are proposed are one new wall sign. And let me just focus on the wall sign at the, mom at the moment. The new wall sign is, meets the ordinance, the adopted Title 17 ordinance. However, it does not meet the adopted and approved overall sign plan for the um, for the center the ways that it does not meet the overall sign plan is that the letter height is larger than what is what is allowed the the project is proposing between 20 and 24 inch letter height and the osp allows a letter height of 12 inches uh, the other way that the wall sign is not compliant with the adopted overall sign plan is the location of the, of the wall sign. The approved location on the, of the wall sign is on the, uh, I believe, on the north elevation. However, this, this sign is proposed on the east elevation. The, uh, as I mentioned, it does meet uh, the 
sign ordinance for all other regulations for wall signs, uh, including the amount of square footage of signage. And let's move on now to the ground or wayfinding sign. The ground uh, wayfinding sign is approximately six inches taller than what was uh, approved on the overall sign plan. Um, however, it is still four feet in height, which is the maximum that is allowed for a ground sign in the ordinance. Um, however, I should note a, a ground sign OSP amend, uh, amendment could have given this an additional, uh, for, uh, I think one more foot, one more foot in height, um, but we're not talking about that today because it's proposed at four feet in height. Uh, the other thing that the overall sign plan calls for is that the all new wall signs in the Santa Barbara Corporate Center need to be reviewed by, reviewed by the Design Review Board. Um, with that, I would like to turn it over to the applicant, uh, Mr. Leaf. And if you have any questions throughout the hearing, I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Ms. McGuire. So if the applicants can turn on their microphones, lean in, yeah, speak up for the public record, and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is, good afternoon, my name is Mark Leaf. I'm, um, I'm with uh, Signature Signs, um, and I'm pleased to meet with you today um, to discuss this. I also have with me uh, Ms. Larissa Johnson. Um, she's with UCLA. She has a few words, and then I'll take over and discuss the application a bit. Right. I think proceed with your presentation. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Larissa Johnson. I am the Regional Director of Operations for UCLA Health for this um, area. And um, we are here because um, at the request of our patients and basically to assist patients, our community, and um, our UCSB. We are planning for, um, we are actually leasing a 5,400 square foot space that's going to be primarily used for primary and specialty care. Thank you. Thank you. So um, essentially what we're proposing today is um, an illuminated sign um, on the elevation, which uh, in this case is uh, adjacent to the entry. The way the building is laid out, and I believe there's a site plan in your packet, the way the building is laid out is that the suite is closest to um, the um, south, uh, excuse me, the south side of the building. Um, I think you mean north. North, thank you, excuse me. <laughs> Three other projects today. It's a test. Thank you. Um, so um, the I wanted to point out there's a, an additional exhibit that I, um, that I passed around with regard to the existing signage. Um, the existing signage that was on the building, um, here's a spare if you need one. The signage that uh, was existing um, where there was the 12-inch allowance for the letter height was an AT&T sign. Um, and that sign has since been removed um, and so the sign that we're proposing will be the only sign, the only tenant illuminated, the only tenant sign at all um, that's on the building um, in the proposed location, and as I said, um, adjacent to the entry. Um, I also wanted to point out um, the photo of the existing directional sign which we're proposing to replace. Um, I noted, and I hope you'll agree that what we're proposed is a little more aesthetic, and certainly it's intended to be more permanent. Um, I did notice in the um, in the staff report a reference to the existing sign program that the um, that the um, directional signs were to be uh, originally to be concrete. And I would just point out that this sign obviously is not, it may have concrete footings, but it is a wood sign. So what we're proposing on the um, directional sign is you know, essentially something that is a little more upscale, a little more permanent, um, and also helpful not only to UCLA Health, but also to the other tenants, uh, or the other tenant locations. Um, for those of you who have not been to the building, um, there are a number of uh, essentially standalone buildings in the property off of Mentor Drive, so it's a little um, difficult to nego negotiate. And so the intention is to not only help people get to UCLA Health, but to help them find the other buildings as well. Um, the 
only uh, other thing that I wanted to point out um, is that, and that's if you need another one of those, the, the building, the, the illuminated sign is designed as what we call a, a, a panel sign, which is to say there is a, um, a background which will be painted to match the building. The intention is only uh, to be functional. Um, because there is very limited access, we cannot install individual letters into the building and, and pull the wires through as we would typically do when we have individual letters. So this allows us to contain all the wires, the, the power supplies, essentially transformers, um, in, the, in that panel and blend it with the building. So it's a little hard to see on a rendering because obviously we have to kind of have an outline and show you, um, you know, how it looks on the building. But the side profile which we've provided should give you a little more um, perspective um, on how that um, essentially lays against the building. That's actually on the, um, on the rendering. Uh, we've also included a rendering here in terms of how it illuminates to show you that essentially the background panel does not illuminate. Basically the logo illuminates backlit and frontlit and the word health is only backlit. So it's not a glaring sign. It's all very self-contained and a very subtle method of illumination. That's if that concludes your presentation, I would like to ask the clerk if there are any public comments. We do not have any public speakers in person, but if there are any members on the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. I do not see any speakers at this time. Um, All right. Vice Chair Whalen, if I, if I may just set some context, because um, now this is the second overall sign plan. It's a little different spin than the last one that you saw. And the reason is that it's before the board because it doesn't meet the overall sign plan. And there have been uh, historically sign plans that, you know, through the years have changed, um, changed locations, changed needs, and but we do want to mention that this does meet the sign regulations, what they're proposing within our zoning code. So for the last project that you saw, if, the, if there were a sign that did not meet that overall sign plan, it would need to come back to DRB. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ms. Chang. And if I understand Ms. McGuire correctly, there were two uh, reasons that it doesn't meet the code, the location and the letter heights. Is that correct? All right. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Thank you. Let's see, so do we have any questions and or comments by the DRB members? I'll just let you have at it. Ms. Clinton, you had something? Um, it, <clears throat> I was just wondering, you guys aren't gonna be open at night too much, are you? Is this only gonna be illuminated at night during hours of operation? Or will it be on just all night long? I can answer that. It will essentially be controlled by a time clock and or a photo cell controller. Uh, it will not be on all day long. Or um, night with, long. Or, sorry? All night long. Right, that's correct. Okay. Um, okay. Typically, uh, the hours are limited to... Um, yeah, like uh, seven to nine or whatever yeah. it is, whatever. Right. That's and fine. Did you want the, the hours that you'll be serving patients? Um, initially, we are looking for the... Um, regular eight to five, but because of the needs, we might actually open at nighttime, which is most of the time urgent cares are until 9 p.m. Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking. It's like don't have the lights on if there's nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> is there somebody there? Good, I like it. Um, and then you you proposed that uh, I noticed you put the new sign here, and then you cut the bush down, or are you proposing new landscaping in front of the bush? The monument sign. The monument sign. Yes. Um, for the freestanding directional sign, we are not proposing, what's that? Freestanding directional yeah, sign. Yeah, no, it's okay. We're, we're talking about the same thing. Um, we're not proposing any landscaping change. Um, this is not um, part of anything that the property management is doing. Uh, we'll probably be rearranging to some degree some of the other um, ancillary signs there that pertain to private property or tow-away or what have you. So it's not too crowded. Um, and I think one of them potentially would be right behind the sign that we're proposing. Okay, thank you. Any other questions and or comments? Uh, I have a question slash comment. Um, 
I actually worked a little ways up the road there in a Santa Barbara County site for a, about a year. And even working there, it's incredibly confusing trying to go up Mentor Road and and uh, Moore Road. And I'm wondering, uh, since basically people heading out towards Goleta are have to go past your site, turn left and circle back around through the parking lot, why you want to have the UCLA health sign on the on Moore Road where it's significantly blocked until the people are, are almost passing the site. Um, minimal visibility and it's the facility set back quite a ways from Hollister Avenue. So to me, it would be easier for the public to find you if the UCLA health sign was on the north side of the building um, and people then would be able to turn in on a street different from your address, find your facility with the aid of that freestanding directional sign. So, so my question is, did you, did you think about leaving it on the north side of the building? And what's the, you know, what's the thinking behind I know you're, you want to be near the entry door, but people have to find the building before they can look for the entry door. I'm happy to answer that very good question because there actually was a lot of conversation. Um, first off, one of the reasons that we eliminated the possibility of putting it um, on, the, on the north entrance is I don't know how often you go there, but you said you have some familiarity, but there the trees... Uh, block the line of sight till pretty much the entire property, mm -hmm. um, and especially from Hollister, you would never you would never see it, especially in spring and summer. So that was one one uh, reason. Um, there is access through the main lobby, so essentially you can get to the suite through through that entrance. But most importantly, um, it, we've actually navigated to the to um, the property several times via Google and they actually direct you down more road. So essentially, if you're following uh, Google Maps, it's gonna bring you to that, to that street. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've experienced that frustration. So it's kind of like if you can't beat them, just kind of adapt to it. Is that helpful? Yeah, thank you, very good. Also, um, I just wanted to point out that the UCLA health sign is actually directly underneath where the clinic will be. So it's perfect whenever patients are able to, if they can't navigate towards the uh, main entrance and they go by this area specifically for parking purposes as well, it's easier for them to um, realize they're at the right place. And I might add that Larissa has had a lot of experience on patient wayfinding or not being able to wayfind in a, very, a lot of clinics that uh, she's been involved with. Hopefully you haven't lost any patients because of that. But do we have other comments from board members? I do have a couple of comments. One is uh, regarding the size of the sign. I think um, given the size of the building, it's an appropriate proportion. And the fact that the site is really heavily vegetated, I think it does make sense to have a bit of a larger sign um, in both regards. Um, then my other comment is regarding the wayfinding sign and there, it has a little uh, sort of OG top to it, which accommodates the arrow, but to my mind, it doesn't really reflect the mm. style of the building exactly with that sort of pseudo-Spanish look. The building's a little bit more um, rectilinear and um, linear, so I just wonder if there's a way to alter that cap such that it looks a little more like the building. It doesn't seem to mesh exactly. And then I'm assuming that the body color of the wayfinding sign will match the buildings. Is that correct? Okay. Those are my comments. Thanks. And may I address? Um, with regard to your, uh, yes, the sign will match the building. The trim color will be an appropriate accent because I don't believe there's any accent color on the building. Um, what you're seeing on the diagram is basically a, um, an aluminum reveal rail. So... It's is what it is. Um, with regard to the um, arch top, yes, it does accommodate the arrow. You're very astute in that regard. Um, the, we didn't level it off because, and we have quite a bit of experience with both monument and directional signs, is um, it starts to look like a tombstone. <laughs> 
And so generally, we try to integrate some kind of an architectural feature, whether, uh, whether it's a peak or a dome, kind of like this one. So it did serve kind of two purposes, one to break it up, um, you know, to there's not a lot, and, and also to, as you said, accommodate the arrow. The, um, and um, there's not really a lot of cues. It's an older building. There's not a lot of architectural anything, for lack of a better word. Um, and so we're, I guess we're kind of introducing a feature, as it were, if, if, uh, you know, if you guys will bless it. Additional comments? Questions? Yes, Cecilia. Yes, yes thank you. Um, I think the sign is most appropriate on the building. I don't have any problems with the height. Um, as you said, the building is rather bland. And I think it's sort of a nice feature to see some color there. Um, so I don't have any problems with that. And, and I appreciate what Martha had to say concerning the arrow. But having been in that parking lot, you're at least I need a road map. I need to, well, so let me see which way is, where's the number? How do I find? Anyway, so I, I think it's okay. Um, um, thank you for uh, telling us about the directional signs of that, that one's that way and the other. Because you get in there and it's a little bit like a labyrinth. So I, th I think it's fine. I like it. Um, I appreciate um, that you could have done something differently, but I think this is really just perfect. Thank you. Well, I want to thank all the other board members for asking all the questions that I had in mind and getting good answers to them. I wanted to veer slightly out of our lane. Uh, Ms. Johnson, how many patients a day or a week do you anticipate people will be coming? Um, in the beginning, it would be not as much. So in typical um, 5,400 square foot of space and in a long-term process, we see around maybe 100 patients a day give or take, but given with the onset of like the COVID, the pandemic, we had new sets of um, ways of seeing patients such as video visits and telehealth. So that 100 patients could be partly video, partly telehealth, and partly in person. Very good, thank you. And not all at the same time. And not all the same, exactly. It's throughout the whole day. Hopefully. And then uh, uh, just one little note, a tombstone is the last sort of image that you want to project in this facility. Uh, I do appreciate that the uh, uh, sign will be on a time clock controlled. I think that's a very important uh, element, and thank you for agreeing to that uh, for whatever time period. Certainly 9 p.m. sounds like a, an ideal time to turn it off and for everybody to go home. So with that conclusion of comments and questions, I'd like a, a motion, please. Okay, I'll take a stab at a motion. Uh, the motion to approve with the adopt the DRB and the CEQA findings and adopt the CEQA categorical exemption section 153111A on premise signs and conduct, oh, approve of conceptual preliminary and final review. I think that sums it up, Ms. Chang. Thank you. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second, so I'm going to call on our clerk to uh, for a roll call. Member King. Aye. Member Iman. Aye. Member Brown. Aye. Member DeGasis. Aye. Member Clinton. Aye. And Vice Chair Whalen. Yes. Motion passes. Thank you very much. Very good presentation. So our third item is 8082 Coromar, Coromar Drive. Could the clerk please read the item into the record? That is item C180-82 Coromar Drive, APN 073-150-012, Food Bank Improvements and California Environmental Quality Act Notice of Exemption, utilizing sections 15301 uh, subsection E, subsection 1, and 15304, subsection B. Case numbers 22-0003-SCD and 22-0012-DRB. 
Thank you. And I'll call for board declarations. Uh, no visitation, no ex parte. I've visited the site and had no ex parte discussions. Site visit, no ex parte. Site visit, no ex parte. Refreshed site visit, no ex parte. No further site visit. Uh, I, I had some communications with the applicant via email. So I don't know if that was ex parte or not, but I was just asking questions. That's ex parte. That's all. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Do we have Mr. Highfield for a presentation? Thank you, Chair. Uh, good afternoon. As we uh, try and get the plans up here on the screen, I'll give a little intro. Um, we are narrowing down our focus on this project. We've seen it, uh, I believe this is our fourth meeting on it. And um, we are uh, narrowing down. The remaining issue is lighting. Um, that's what the applicant is prepared to discuss today. Um, to remind you of what we spoke of before, uh, at the last meeting, um, the applicant presented um, some items related to landscaping based on DRB comments as well as color and materials. Um, so as we move along, um, we're talking about fewer and fewer things, I think. And um, just a quick reminder uh, on um, process here. So the underlying permit um, that's going along with this design review is a substantial conformity determination. And the decision maker on that is the uh, director, the planning director. Um, so today, um, this is before you for a preliminary um, review. And that, assuming that you get that far, um, that signals the DRB's uh, recommendation to the director um, that the design of the project is, um, in the board's opinion, ready for preliminary approval, then the director will actually take action on the SCD as well as the board's decision. The project will then come back to the board for final, and that's where we'll see um, the final architectural details uh, and go from there. So that's where we are today. So the applicant is looking for preliminary approval. Um, we're narrowing in on uh, lighting. I believe we covered most other uh, items last time, but if there's something else besides lighting, feel free um, to ask questions or make comment. Um, but we have some uh, uh, some lighting details to present to you today. Um, and that concludes my presentation. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Highfield. Uh, if the applicant could turn on his microphone, lean into that microphone, and introduce yourself and begin your presentation. Yeah, you do. Hello, nice to see you all again. I'm Vincent Mocha with AB Design Studio. Um, saw you a couple weeks ago. Um, happy to refresh your memory about any of those parts of the project that we already talked about. Um, but as Brian mentioned, we were not ready to talk about lighting last time, but now we believe we have our ducks in a row, so we'd like to present that to you. Um, I, do you want me to do an overview before we dive into the lighting because it's kind of technical. I think you can just stick to the items that you're here okay, for great. today. And Vince, if you could uh, let me know which page you're having the board look at, I'll follow along on the yeah, digital I, set. I think um, maybe unless uh, Member Brown, you disagree, like jumping to the electrical plans and then getting into the photometrics would be the best. Um, but I will just flip through quickly as you get there, Brian. If you all want to see, we do have, as the um, lighting ordinance asks, we have lighting and landscape shown together, which we can look at um, enlarged as well in the courtyard. And then we have cut sheets for each light fixture, which we can get into once we get into the weeds if we like. Here is your overall site. Um, Hollister Avenue is to uh, the bottom of the page. Uh, north is up, as is customary with most of these drawings. And um, we have looked at, and I'll just give you an overview, the existing parking area, the light standards are remaining, and we are just relamping to LED. You'll see that in the photometrics. We have 
very specific lighting in and around the courtyard and the entrance to the office building, which I can talk you through. And then we also have um, wayfinding lighting along the north edge of the property, which is up against the property line, a hedge, and a wall, which I'll show you in more detail. So just operationally, what happens here is um, Food Bank, their loading dock is here, and they operate mostly during the day, uh, especially loading and unloading. So their daylight wayfinding is mostly unaffected, comes into here through a secure uh, gate, which they control, and then back out. Or in some cases, they have the option to go out this side of the property, and there's an easement for them to pass through the neighbor and out to um, Los Carneros. Um, but most of Food Bank's operations will come in here, back in, pull out, leave back and forth on Coromar. They are, uh, have potential tenant in the east side of the building, and sometimes they will have nighttime access. Uh, so we want to provide an illuminated pathway to the security gate, and most of the time after hours, uh, at least the way they think it will operate, is that um, access will happen unmanned. Like, there won't be a security person at the gate. The driver will have access through an app or a card or a key card. So we want to illuminate the driveway um, lightly at night along the curb edge, just so anyone coming in a truck to make a drop off or a pickup after hours will be able to get themselves to the secure gate uh, safely. So that's what this illumination is about. Um, and I'll show you where what those lights are. We also carry that motif along to the north parking lot, which again, if a warehouse operations manager were to come after hours for some reason, they would park here. So we want just enough illumination in the edge of this lot to make all of that movement safe. And these lights, which are called fixture 2B, are a double-headed um, post light, which is 42 inches tall and has a light on either side. So it's illuminating parallel to the property line and downward. And I'll show you that fixture. If you have questions, don't don't hesitate to interrupt me if you want to. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, I can, but also not speak as loud. Um, so I'll give you. I'll, yeah, it kept fighting me. <laughs> All right, and so now I'll give you a quick overview of lighting in and around where pedestrian access mostly occurs. So on the Coromar side of the building is kind of the secondary entrance. It's used mostly when Food Bank is having an educational event, which would 99% of the time being during the day. Um, but occasionally they might have an event where uh, nighttime entry comes into this auditorium. So we're providing within our trellised and uh, planted uh, entry facade some down lights to illuminate as they would like. Thank you so much for your help. <laughs> this is a remnant of sitting in front of a computer and doing this virtually for like so many years. An actual microphone is a strange thing to encounter. Um, at any rate, so uh, this lighting is mostly to light the entry when it's necessary. And then there's some pathway lighting that is within the landscape along the existing sidewalk just to provide more uh, ground plane light. And then we have a similar um, in this trellis in the main staff entry, um, which again, they operate eight to five, but even this time of year, as we're coming out of winter, especially when staff is leaving, we want more illumination. Been, the site is pretty underlit at the entry. Um, this also serves as if there is, which is rare, but if there's an event in the courtyard in the evening, uh, gives Food Bank the option to illuminate a pathway to the courtyard and have an event that is um, proper for the evening. That's mostly what's happening in the courtyard. As you may remember, the courtyard has some, um, it serves staff as like a outdoor dining hall during the day daylight hours. So you've got some loose furniture there. The other thing to note is that this, um, generator yard just has uh, utility wall lighting down um, in case 
someone needs to come look at the generator and start, which sometimes happens. Let's move on to the next. So uh, this is the drawing that Member Brown and I were discussing. I apologize, it is not bigger, but this might be one where we could zoom in on the screen. And um, Brian, sorry, if we're on E5, if you could zoom that in, that might be helpful for everybody. Yeah, why don't we start at the um, Coromar entry on the north side of the property. So one of the things uh, that we struggled with was being able to demonstrate precisely for all of you that the property line readout is 0.1 foot candles or less. Um, now we have that dialed in, um, but it's still very difficult to show on a property this large. So if we look at the screen, um, and I may walk over there just to make this a little easier, so bear with me. Those zero, 00 readings that you see on top of the property line, those are the foot candle readings as measured by our photometrics at the property line. And then beyond that point, they're still zero. Um, I think there's only one place along the PL of the entire property where we end up at 0.1 foot candle, but we don't go any higher than that. Um, and so the way we do that is that all of these fixtures have backlight, uplight, and glare cut off are as would be expected. And we also have, as you can see in these photos, if you scroll, Brian, if you don't mind, to the top right of the sheet, um, there's a couple of existing site photos that help. Um, yep, go upwards, please. There we go. So the first photo on the left is basically the existing drive from the entry at Coromar. So the lights will sit on that curb within, uh, you know, the hedge will be manicured to accommodate them. And then if you move to the next um, photo, this is across from the warehouse in the enclosed north property. There's an existing CMU wall and the fixtures are all lower than both of those features. Um, so the fixtures themselves have the cutoff to bring the light to zero, but these other features that are existing also cut all of any other additional um, overflow light from point north property. Does that, does that help clarify? Uh, yeah, because when I looked at the diagram, I couldn't tell it looked like that dark black line was the property line and the zero was on the other side, which was okay, but I could. Yeah, no, it's. No, okay, that's, thank you for the explanation. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, I can leave it there. I'm happy to answer any specific or general questions you might have about the lighting. Um, and we can go through each light fixture uh, if you would sure, like. Sure, thank you. A any questions? Uh, I do, um, Vince. Uh, thank you. Um, my question, oh, um, these are on um, some sort of timing control. And what, what are the hours of the lights? Is this a 24-hour operation here or no? No. Okay. No, no. The, the warehouse has the capacity to operate right. 24 hours, especially because during emergency conditions, food bank is an emergency facility. Right. However, day-to-day -day operations for food bank are eight to five. Great, and so lights would be on until what time? Maybe 5.36 in oh, okay. case someone, and okay. they have the option the way, it's on a photo cell according to the electoral, uh, electrical plans, which yes. makes sense, so yes. as it gets dark, certain sectors of lights right. will turn off. Any other questions? When you were nodding about maybe wanting to see oh, the yeah, light see specs. The yeah, of course. I, I, Vince, if you could remind me which sheets the fixtures. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. We're going to A9.10, A, B, and C. They're the last three sheets in the set. Thanks for keeping up, Brian. Sorry about that. In general, the fixtures are black or oil rub bronze, keeping with the uh, window um, metals that are in the existing building. Um, and you see this fixture is, and this fixture are those ones on the north edge. This one is single-headed, this is double-headed. 
this fixture is uh, at the gate to um, give a little bit more illumination at the gate itself, so it's a little taller. Um, Second reading this upside down is tough. Oh, same fixture. Hold on. Next page, Brian. Yeah. Then uh, fixture S1 is uh, optics only. The pole is not being replaced, but this is the photometric of that uh, replacement of LEDs. Fixture FX5 mostly happens, actually only happens in the trellises. Mm -hmm. So this is the type of light in this one too, depending on where it is, either wherever it's mounted to a wood member above or on the side. These two fixtures downlight from the trellises. And then these uh, wall sconces are the more utilitarian ones at the existing warehouse walls where replacement is required and in the um, generator yard. And if you'd like to know heights, I can give you that information as well. These are just more upshots of the same pictures. Okay. Anything else, Ms. Clinton? No, no. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. Any other questions? No questions. Comments? I had a, a question, uh, so if, if I understand your presentation correctly, there are no fixtures on the south or east elevations of the building. That would be the Hollister and, uh, well, I guess it is adjacent property. Correct. Um, the Hollister side has no lighting and we intend none to be added. If Food Bank wants to add some in the future, or we'll be back to see you soon yeah. for an overall signage okay. plan. We'll address that. All right, then. We have uh, additional comments? I'd like to make some. Yes, Ms. Brown. Um, uh, it's made a lot of progress since we first saw this, and thank you for combining all the, the lighting and everything rather than just landscape planning into this plan. Um, it's very gratifying to see you've done the 3,000 Kelvin limitation, and oftentimes people can jack it up. So that's, that's good. And um, the bug ratings are good, as they are with all these new modern lamps today. It's, I remember being before your time on the DRB when we had to really ensure that they were, you know, fully shielded, full cut off, no, nothing, no upward light. And here it's, it's, it's all really good. So it's nice to see that. And uh, thank you for working with us in the presentation. And I think the lighting is fine. Well, uh, if there are no other comments or questions, Ms. Brown, could you seamlessly slip into a motion? Um, public comment. Oh, public comment. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, we do not have any members of the public here in person, but if there are any members of the public on the Zoom webinar who wish to speak, please raise your hand and I will call on you. Okay. Um, I'd like to recommend adoption of DRB and CEQA findings and also of the CEQA categorical exemption utilizing sections 15301E1 and 15304B and recommend preliminary review and recommend approval or well, approval if the it, since we can make the findings for the food bank improvements. I'll second. So... We have a motion that's been seconded. Is there any discussion on the motion? If not, I'll call, ask the clerk for a roll call vote. Member King? Aye. Member Iman? Aye. Member Brown? Aye. Member DeGasis? Aye. Member Clinton? Aye. And Vice Chair Whalen? Yes. The motion passes. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much. Thank you. And with that, I believe we can move to announcement by members and or the staff. Ms. Chang, you had something for us? Yeah, Mr. Whalen, if I could start. Um, we do have a few things to talk about that uh, I did send you an email on this particular um, uh, hearing with the changes of upcoming some changes that you saw in the staff report, so I wanted to explain to, that, uh, to you about that. 
So first of all, the, um, because of new legislation, Senate Bill and Assembly Bill 1214 that went in went into effect uh, January of this year, we're no longer able to release full sets of pl project plans for public um, on the website. If the plans are protected by copyright or has copyright um, annotation. So the city attorney's office has confirmed that this restriction is applicable to all um, design plans, including architectural, signage, landscaping, and lighting. What will be available to the public via the website will be a site plan and um, massing diagram. So that's like elevation with just the massing with no, no real details. But um, as you have seen in your, um, what I sent to you is that we did give you an agenda that is the public agenda that has the links, but we also attached the individual project plans, so the full sets of plans for your review, and that's for your review only. But the public does have a chance to um, come in to uh, you know contact the project planner, come in and view the plans, full sets, uh, during our office hours. So that's made available, and we will um, also put that on the agenda and post that on the website so they, they're aware of that. And then the second change is that there are some um, new CEQA requirements based on some recent court cases that has um, made our agendas and staff reports and also findings more robust as you saw in your staff report packet this time. Um, we are now requiring that uh, or asking the DRB to take action to adopt the CEQA uh, exemptions as well. So that's what your second motion was that was recommended. And then of course what we included in the staff report is a recommended motion. So that's if you accept the project as is or with conditions you can now can read it from the, the agenda and or the staff report. So hopefully that's, um, those are the two main changes. Um, if you have any questions. Yes, Ms. Uh, Brown. Um, Mary, <clears throat> excuse me. So do you ascertain, do you get from the, the applicant whether or not uh, all their plans are copyrighted? We're, we're, we're gonna have to figure that out and okay. exactly what that, in, what that um, specific you know, uh, okay. qualification for copyright or not. Okay, because for this last one, it was just a wholesale, um, no plans on the public agenda. And if the applicant is not gonna, uh, I don't see how they could copyright a photometric diagram, it's just a lights, mm -hmm. replacement lights, or lights using LEDs, or even landscape plans, and that you truncate uh, the architectural drawings and not show those, but if the applicant isn't, isn't copywriting the others, I think that those sh must be made available. Yeah, and this is very very new to us, so we will have to figure it out, and we'll do the best okay. we can. Um, but, I, but I'd hope you would consider that, because yeah. basically what's happened is we've just cut the pu public process in half here. They have, they've got, having a site plan doesn't do anything to show a landscape plan or anything about the sign plan or lighting plans. And we just might as well go back to like we were when we first started, right? Everybody had to come and look at the drawings. And that's really hard. So I would hope you just keep that in mind. From what I read, it's a very narrow, um, it's very narrow because the law is about architectural drawings and their protection by the copyright law. I didn't read anything about landscape plans or lighting plans or sign plans. So please do figure that out because I think it's important that, that you provide as much as you can to the public in the digital form. Yep, noted. Now, now one thing I noticed just today in reviewing is, because I don't, I can't, I don't know much about this iPad, okay? Um, so I would have had to access the email that you sent to all of us, and I can't access my email on this. So I wasn't able to look at the digital plans here, the ones you sent in your email. So either you're gonna have to help me how to figure that out, because when you go, when I come here, when I go look on the public agenda, it's just the site plan, which is not helpful. Anyway, I'm just telling you. You should be able to access your email. We'll figure that out for yeah, you. Yeah, would you please? Thank you. <laughs> May I ask a question? Um, is, per the bill, the Senate bill, is the designer um, able to release the drawings for public distribution for this particular review process? Would that be a an avenue to allow the 
drawings to be viewed by the public? That's a good question. So with their permission is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah we'll have to look into that. Thought. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the specifics of the bill, what, what it allows and what doesn't. They're uh, both very good questions. I, I wonder what was the intent behind this bill? Was it to bolster copyright law or? I, I don't expect you to know the answer. I'll have to do some of my own investigation. We can work. send you the information on the bill so you get a little more understanding yeah. of where that Who came wrote from. it, why, thank you. Dennis, it was written, uh, it was the AIA which presented it to the legislature uh, about the issue. I guess, I guess drawings were being taken and used for their own purposes, not for the purpose of building and stuff. So they're the ones who submitted this, and this is, yeah. it was basically about architectural drawings uh, afforded protection by the Copyright Act. Well, my understanding is, uh, through running the archive, is that those copyright laws are already on the books, that if you want to copy them, you need the architect's permission. Correct. Right. So but but some of these things we see... Maybe extra girding. Right. Like landscape plans, I don't know if you can copyright them. Maybe you can. Yeah, oh, do you? Can. Okay. So is it indicated on the drawing that it's copyrighted? So you would know, Mayor, you would know. You would see that there is a copyright for all these plans in that's on the... That's correct. Okay. So it'd be okay. It'd be really nice if, if there's some information on the agenda about this issue so people don't think you're just trying to withhold information. Well, like I mentioned, we are going to okay. uh, provide on the agenda language that, okay. you know, um, okay. that the public can come view the okay. plans and give them information on that, as well as posting it, that on the website. So, so do we see uh, on the drawings that we see um, that come from you on email, there'll be a copyright on those plans? Is that what, how you're going to know that it's copyrighted? Well, you're going to get the full set regardless. I, I understand, but on those full sets, yeah. is it indicated that they're copyrighted? Um, Right now, I'm trying to figure that okay. out as to how okay. how we, okay, you know, you don't know, okay, I, I see just, that as yeah. I'd just add that um, on the drawings that we produce in our office, we have in the margin of the drawing yep. is typically a or the bottom or side margin. Right. Typically, there's a copyright notification. It's yeah, that that is usually on the plans if it is, or there may be a um, some logo or something that you know is is. For, for like signage for um, for a particular brand. I, I get that, but you know, when you look at photometric diagrams, I don't know how you copyright that. That's just measuring the light that's coming from all the different lamps, right? That's basically all it's doing. So, and that, and that's an important, you know, for some community members, that's important to know that these things are in conformance. And anyway. You know our Your concerns. comments thank are you. noted. We'll look yes, into thank this you. a little bit more. Okay. Um, thank you. One more item. We just wanted to mention that there has been a new uh, board member appointed. She's an alternate, Elizabeth White, and um, we hope to get her uh, queued up to do our next meeting if needed. She's an alternate, so like today when Chair Branch isn't here, she could have stepped in, and and she's a, an at-large member. Thank you, Ms. Chang. One other reminder, you've distributed, uh, uh, do you have any comments about no, we the just, meeting date? We just thought we would print that out for you, Thank just you. to have. I know we've sent it to you uh, via email, but some people like paper, so. Yes. Well, with that, I think we can conclude and close our meeting for February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to all in the Goleta Valley. Thank you Thank all. You.